Good morning. Welcome to the name of Jesus. We're all going this way today. So today is the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, and we're going to look at our New Testament lesson from the book of Philippians and uh, talk about um, how we can be happy. Happy, not happy in the sense of bubbly and cheery, but happy in just the way that we live our lives and confident of how we do that. And uh, Paul will share some of our words, and some of his words are a little hard, and some of his words are incredibly uplifting. So it's, uh, when we get to the sermon, you might want to have your Bibles open to Philippians 4, whether it's on your phone or you have a Bible in your hand or elsewhere. Um, as always, we pray and hope that as we hear God's words throughout a whole uh, service this morning, that, that you're uplifted, that God, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, just increases your faith, makes you want to stand up and jump as you sing today. I know that doesn't sound Lutheran, but it really is. It's what we believe. The Holy Spirit takes over us and just moves us to believe, and, and at the same time gives us the power to go out and to share the gospel with everyone in the world, including our worst enemies. So, uh, um, with that, I invite you all to rise as we sing our opening song, Arise, O Christian People.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Take a few moments of, of um, lifting our sins to God in, in silence and asking him for forgiveness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He who began this good work within you will bring it to completion on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, and it was up to me to make a name the world Jesus is the only name to remember.
legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Lord be with you Let us pray Almighty God you invite us to trust in you for our salvation. Deal with us not in the severity of your judgment, but by the greatness of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will make take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. We sing together, the King of love, my shepherd is.
The New Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in every situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. Hallelujah. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, 
he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Would any children like to come up for the children's message today? You know, well, you're all children. You can all come. <laughs> Let's sing our hymn of the day.
Please rise. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, may your spirit fall upon us. And may the words from my mouth be your words. And may we be convicted where we need to be convicted. And may we go out as you send us. Because all things are possible through Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Just in case you're wondering why I asked you all to rise, um, Traditionally, in, in, in the Lutheran church, and some other churches too, whenever we have the mentioning of the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's usually in the last verse of a hymn, um, and uh, sometimes in songs, uh, contemporary songs also. We figure in reverence to our, our God, because it's very clearly talking about a triune God that we should rise. So that is why I asked you all to rise. So. Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So again, our text is Philippians chapter 4, just the, the final few verses, chapter, verses 10 to verse 14. And again, if you have your Bibles with you or on your phone, you might like to open it up so you can follow along. But I want to begin uh, with the story and welcome also all those who are online watching us today and who watched during the week. So one day, there was a financial planner, and he was preparing to meet one of his new clients. And as he reviewed his client's paperwork, he became very, very concerned. The client came in and the financial planner said, well, I've been reviewing your paperwork and I have to tell you, if I were you, I'd be really, really worried. And the client said, well, why do you say that? And the um, advisor said, well, on the one hand, you don't have any debt and that's good, but on the other hand, you don't have any savings. You don't own any stocks, you have no bonds, you have no equity, because you move around all the time. You didn't really seem to have a regular source of income, and according to your Social Security statement, you won't be getting much money when you finally do retire from Social Security. And by the way, you don't have an IRA, you don't have a 401k, and you're getting older. Doesn't any of this concern you? The financial planner asked. And the client said, actually, no. I feel fine. I'm pretty content. And the financial planner was very, very confused and, he, and even surprised at how calm his client was about his finances. He said, you hardly have a dime to your name, and yet you don't seem to be worried at all. And the man said, how can I be? That's what Paul says to you and me. How can I be worried? 
The Apostle Paul says in our text today, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Question number one, do you, do you know the secret? Don't worry if you don't. You all probably really do, and maybe just don't really realize you do. But I'll fill you in at some point in time this morning. So God has given to each and every one of us a, a certain amount of time, a certain amount of talents, and a certain amount of treasures. So how are you using, the first question, or second question, I guess, how are you using the things that God has given you? Think about it for a couple of seconds, or two, or three. How do I use the time he's given me? How do I use the talents he's given me? And how do I use the treasures he's given me? It is true that God wants you and me to use our time and our talents to earn a living, to take care of our homes and our families, and to enjoy some things that he has placed on this earth. But we are also using a portion of our time and our talents to glorify God and to serve our fellow man. It's the, it's the same thing when it comes to our treasures and our finances. God has given you and me a certain amount of money, and it is true that God wants us to use that money to take care of our home, to take care of our family. God also wants us to use some of our money to enjoy some things that he has placed around us in our world. But we are also to use a portion of our money to glorify God and to serve our fellow man. And we call that stewardship. But before we even talk about that, we need to first talk about contentment. You see, contentment is the key to stewardship. If you are content with the things that God has given to you, then you will use many of those things to bring glory to God and to serve your fellow man. And that's good stewardship. If you are discontent, you won't do any of that. You'll use your time and your talents and your treasures primarily to serve yourself. And that's bad stewardship. Contentment is the key. So, question number three. What are you right now? Are you content? Are you discontent? You don't have to shout it out loud, but tell yourself, I am content or I am discontent. Question number four. Who do you want to be? You want to be the content person or the discontent person? Easy question. It should be 100%. I want to be the content person. If any of you said you wanted to be the discontent person, my office will be open at 7 o'clock Monday morning. Be the first one there. We have a lot to talk about. So what is the secret of being content in, in any and every situation? I believe it all comes down to two things. One, where is your focus? And two, where is your trust? If your trust and focus are in the right place, you will be content. And you will be a good steward of the things that God has given to you. So where do most people look today as they seek to be content in their lives? I believe most people are looking for contentment, contentment in all the wrong places. 
Their focus is primarily on money, and their trust is primarily on themselves. Here's an interesting quote that was in People magazine. I don't even know, does that magazine still exist? Okay. So this came out in 1978, just graduated college, and, and uh, it deals with an individual who you all will probably know. This is what the article said. This is what the person said that was quoted in the article. I sit in my house in Buffalo, and sometimes I get so lonely it's unbelievable. Life has been so good to me. I've got a great wife, good kids, my own health, and I'm lonely and bored. I've often wondered why so many rich people commit suicide. Money sure isn't a cure-all. This individual was famous, technically is still famous. Um, do you know who said this? Anybody want to take a wild guess? A singer? No? O.J. Simpson, when he was on top of the world, before all 